Maybe today's the day I break 80 Want the ball to draw, but it keeps on fading No OB and no bogeys I gotta keep it on the 80, it's the gold Would you hit it on one? Straight up the gut, baby Now I got a wedge on my short game cravings Little bit of edge on the sport makes gravy So punch out the rough and tune to break 80 Break 80 Welcome to episode 23 of the Break 80 Podcast. Dowd's here, and we're joined by the dynamic duo of Tim and Mike. Hello, fellas. How's it going? Oh, hello. Oh, just sitting out here in the, in the porch doing the podcast, drinking some scotch. Feels good to be a champion, guys. Feels good to be a champion. <laughs> Willie Z, Celebratory drink, Mike. Celebratory drink. Mm-hmm. To Willie Z, everybody. To Willie Z. Yep. If I can't play well, I can at least pick him. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mike. Uh, Mike, a bit of a sabbatical. Yeah. Haven't played in a week. It'll be. I haven't played in a week since the, from the time I go to Arizona. I will not have played around a golf in a week. I'm thinking it's going to help. It's probably a good thing. Take a little breather. Take a little reflection time, as I say, and that's kind of what I did. And maybe your game, your game will get rejuvenated. It needs a lot of rejuvenating. Let it go. So, uh, yeah, that, that's that's a precursor to later today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Or later, rather later in the podcast. Um, well, we're now in the middle of August, and I don't know about you guys, but that kind of means that the apex of golf season has basically been surpassed. Um, we're transitioning into kind of the fall golf, um, as evidence. I don't know if you guys got, saw, but the up and coming weather looks amazing. Basically, mid seventies for the next couple of weeks, um, which could be some of the best conditions. You know, weather's cooled. Um, you know, I think at this point. A lot of people kind of start stop golfing as we get kind of more into the fall season. So the courses open up a little bit more. We do have less time, but I don't know. I like this time of year other than the fact that my golf is going to kind of come to a, not a close, but I'm going to be playing a lot less golf. But the season's in the air, the fall. Can you smell it? Well, oh, I'm, in, God, I'm in the screen porch right now. I can, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was cold this weekend. And no, it should be a hot August. I try to drive around as... And, and emit as much carbon as I can to make it as warm as possible all year round <laughs> up here in Minnesota. September best uh, best month for course conditions by far. Yes. September lean, always lean is courses. Yep, yep, I agree. Well, here's our agenda for today. Mike and I we we took on the Forest Lake boys as one of my goals of the golf season was to beat them. We will talk about that. Um, update on Mike and Tim's trip to Arizona that they're taking this week. We talk about. Zyre Golf's top 10 biggest douchebag moves on the golf course. We'll comment on each of those 10. FedEx St. Jude results. Wild, wild playoff that we'll dig, dig into, as well as our picks. And then we end with an interview with the one and only Miss Emma Carpenter, who is currently a, well, senior, a.k.a. COVID junior at the University of Minnesota. But you'll find out that she's got more passions than just hitting a golf ball. So make sure to, to get to that point. If you want to... You know, anything that we say, if you want to skip over that, whatever, but make sure you listen to her interview. It's um, and it's absolutely awesome. Um, but before we get into any of our episode stuff and what we're talking about today, I just want to give a shout out to the national insurance brokers out of Forest Lake, our guys, Pete and Nick. They're going to take care of you. 
with any insurance questions that you got, as well as give quotes of the best options that fit you and your lifestyle. They're local guys in the community who are passionate and personable as, as you can get, um, easy to work with. These guys have a, a list of recommend, recommendations, I should say, uh, they're recommended for days. I don't know what the word, right word is for that, but um, hit them up. It's mynationalinsurancebroker.com. I think then you just got to find the Forest Lake um, Avenue. And, and speaking of that, these two guys we just took on at the White Bear Yacht Club, which just hosted the Golfer's Journal event on Monday. So we got to play it on Wednesday, Mike and I. We took on these two guys the same thing last year. We lost on 18. Mike missed a birdie by about a centimeter to go all square. This year, we wanted our revenge. We were, we were ready to rock, and uh, we, we fell up a little short. Uh, this year, Mike was a no-show. Mike did not help Jeff one, one iota. Mike, Mike's lost his game. It's just it's lost. But, uh, yeah, Jeff, you play great. You know, we, we're finding something, you know, there, there's definitely, uh, you know, since my re- rejuvenation, since my like uh, epiphany, since my vision, golf has been just much more easy and, and we're just going to keep going with that. But the golf course, I mean, it's, if you have not played the White Bear Yacht Club, it's insanely awesome. And, and you got to play with the member. Pete is great at just kind of telling us where to hit it because there are some just wild things and kind of quirky things about it but that's kind of what makes it special yeah um it is quirky but it's good quirky i was talking to pete about this and you're right pete uh knows that place like the back of his hand you'll hear somebody will hit a shot you'll be like oh that's five feet even though it's blind you know you can't see it. Like, <laughs> what it's no way it's like 35 feet no and then you get up there it's like five feet it took some hill and trickled you know and and he'll hit some shots that are like where is this going? And then it'll end up running up straight up by the hole. And, and Pete's a really good player. And uh, we were talking and we, and, and Pete and I are very like-minded when it comes to, I think like our golf course architecture, we like quirky and old, like he loves white pair, obviously he's a member. And, but not, you don't want like, it's not overly quirky where it's a ton of like crazy dog legs and blind shots. You get a few blind like approaches to the greens because of some hills and slopes, but it's not overly quirky. So it's, it's, it's a, fantastic golf course really fun um it's kind of like i don't know i like st paul town and country that way too it's just quirky and fun tim's played there you get some really cool looks and some fun you know rolls of the golf ball whatever and white bear yacht is is amazing that in that way yeah it's a good mixture like one of the things that i'm not a huge fan is i don't like a lot of blind from the tee and i think that you know you get more blind on the approach because of the rolling hills and the fairway yeah, but off the tee is the ones I just I have a hard time committing to my shot at that point, um, and you don't get a lot of those. You get you get two shots though that you have to hit across the road, which is really awesome in my opinion. Yeah, well, it's funny because I know the Golfers Journal uh, was out there on last Monday, and they posted something about hole twelve, about is just you know the tee shot where you hit it over the road, and people responded that. You know, you, if they've hit buses and they've hit semis, you know, because you hit it like when we say the road, we're talking about right over the road. You hit it, you know, a, 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 right a tall there. vehicle could be if you hit a low drive, there's a tall vehicle, you could smoke it. <laughs> but but I, I commented on their Instagram that the tee shot's fine. The second shot is really fun because that's where you go down to like that. It's kind of a quasi um, punch bowl like green, but it's completely blind. There's a bunker. And then you see a tall a flag stick, but so you, it looks like it's, you know, anything over the bunkers on the green, but there's not, there's like 20 or 30 yards of like 
of like just normal fairway. So it's just wild. It's one of Tom Doak's. He redid that hole or worked on it. It's one of his 18 best, you know, whatever redos. They got something in the in the clubhouse about that. But uh, yeah, there's some fun holes. It's just like I think people call it like the Augusta of Minnesota for the because you never have a flat lie. Everything's always below your feet, above your feet. I don't know. But yeah, yeah. no, awesome track. Yeah, for sure. So the White Bear Boys took us down, but um, I will say I want I want to share my scoring average since my epiphany. Yeah, my scoring average is seventy five point eight since there the epiphany. Go. We're you finding something late in the season, and and, and we're, we're trending right into the time where I get to you know we got we got a big trip coming up out west. You know it that uh, that we want to be peaked for. You know I don't have a club championship this year. I don't have really. You know, that, that kind of thing. I'm prepping for you, Tim. I'm prepping for you. <laughs> Ooh, so. The big showdown at Landman. At Land oh, yeah. oh, boy. That's our major. Yeah. That's our major. So that's what we're getting ready for. Well, Jeff, while you were playing the White Bear Yacht Club with your fancy pants on and your pinky out, <laughs> I was a man of the people playing Amen Corner on Saturday. At Bristol and, Ridge? Uh, Bristol Ridge? At Bristol Ridge. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And boy, um, we did something. I will say Jeff's game was solid. My game was not uh let's see what happened let's see i, I bogeyed one hit it into the shit on one over through the triple two uh <laughs> first triple i've taken all year i think uh then i made a uh, actually you know I, I mean i think i probably we were playing four ball so we didn't really keep score per se i probably it's part we, we played it as a par 70 we played two par fives up as par fours so I think I probably would have still broke 80. Uh, yeah. We birdied it. Finally birdied 18 after the match was over. No. <laughs> didn't matter. <laughs> didn't matter. And I birdied 18. But um, yeah, my game. Senseless sewer. Senseless sewer where I hit it okay and my wedge game was terrible. Just terrible. It has just went. It's just been a complete shit show since then. Royal Club. Tim was there. Just disastrous. And White Bear, not very good. So what we're hoping is we got this stretch of golf coming here. I've uh I have not played since what was that match last Wednesday? That was a Wednesday, so it's it'll be a, it'll be a, it'll be a week exactly when we go to Arizona to the last time I've played. Now I'm gonna go out on Monday, which is probably today you're listening, and I'm gonna practice for the first time in in multiple years. We're gonna go to the driving range. What uh what does a mic practice session entail? Well, Seventeen balls and uh, it depends on the weather. Years. Depends on the weather. And uh, if it's, you know, if it's, if it gets too hot, I'm not going to stay out there. No. Um, <laughs> and, uh, oh God, I don't even know. You know, I'll probably go to Braemar tomorrow sometime. They have, I like the short game area of Braemar. That's what I do. But I used to actually, believe it or not, guys, go practice a lot on short game stuff. But um, I'll probably hit a small bucket of ball, do some short game stuff, get the hell out of there. Just to get a couple swings, get ready for Wednesday, Timmy. But I think my game, my, by the time we get to land, man. Actually, Monday before that, we're going to play, what, Dakota Ridge and uh, whatever yes. that course Grand is. Falls. So we got 54 holes coming. I got to, I got to make some money on that trip. So we got to get the game. The game's got to get in shape here. Oh, All right, I thought well, you were going to make money at the casino. You can, that's that's all, yeah, you can make money casino and, and double everything. But well, I was, I was get, you guys are going to Arizona. I believe you leave Wednesday. Have we had any plans that have been confirmed yet? Or share us a little bit of update on where you guys are at with going heading out uh, down south. Yeah, we got tea times. We got, uh, well, I don't know what time yet, but we are confirmed Wednesday at Mirabelle. Good get. Solid get there. 
Um, Tom Foz. Yeah, I knew that was coming up. Oh, a, a, great one of one of the fa- one of the Foz's best. So Tim, is, Tim is already creaming his pants over a there. Declaration it's, it's, of it's, it's, it's very hard to rank Fazio courses because they're so upper echelon, all of them, just back oh to back. God. What makes a Foz the best? Like, what are you looking for, Tim? Water features? Oh, just the biggest aerator fountain that'll piss my butt. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> the, the Bellagio. We could put Foz, a Foz is a great Bellagio. I feel no, like. I mean, he- he does some flash front bunkering stuff. Uh, you know, it's it's very Augustified wherever you go with the Foss. So you've got these dog legs that just kind of flow one certain direction. They're not they're not stiff forty five degree angles. Um, good incorporation of of the land. Usually just excellent course conditions. Um, and then something to be said about either incorporating the natural terrain features or the completely ridiculous man-made made up terrain features that he just puts in either or they're big and they're fantastic. So Let me, let me put that in layman's terms for you. Here's the Foz. You know, when you see the movie, you're on the subway and the pickpocket gets you to look at something over here, gets you, and then he steals your wallet or, or your watch. Yeah. That's like the Foz. You know, look at this aerator over here or we played shadow Creek. Look at this $10 million waterfall on this part three that has nothing to do with the whole hole. And then I, uh, that hole. I know you did. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, don't, don't forget about this very average hole over here. Uh, <laughs> but I don't yeah. know. I think Mirabelle looks sweet. I'm, I'm yeah. jacked for Mirabelle. I know I'm just reading about it. It's got really big undulating greens. Uh, I have been out by there at Desert Mount, which we'll talk about in a second, but um, Mirabel does look sick. I'm jacked for that one. And then Thursday, we got one on, Tim, uh, one on Tim's list. Yep, Wickenburg Ranch. And you'll like this. So the uh, the two course architects for Wickenburg actually designed one of the, the Desert Mountain course courses. So some commonalities there. And in booking Arturo, it sounds like Wickenburg has the possibility of going private over the course of the next year, year and a half. So uh, outside of some of the connections that we have found, uh, it could be a hard get coming up in about a year and a half's time. So if anyone gets a chance to go out there, this February could be one of your last chances to play that course as a public. I have uh, heard from one of my connections at a private club that Wickenburg is sick. Really good, really good. So we're jacked for that too. Um, did you see? Did you look at the forecast, Tim? Wednesday rain. Uh, yeah, maybe a little bit. It's like their monsoon season. But we're playing. What, what time does our flight get there? Like, uh, like ten o'clock their time or ten thirty? I'm sure we'll play in the afternoon. The high is a hundred and five. Uh, it's Jesus, fine. we're gonna be just dead. I'm going to That's be the score. Mike is gonna shoot. I'm <laughs> gonna be dead. The, I, I really hope they. I really hope that they have a lot of white claws out there because we're gonna be pounding them left and right or something like that just, or beer. I don't know. Just give up on drinking. There's there's no oh, way to no. do it. Oh, we'll be I drinking. I tried Texas. What's it's what's bottom. Friday? Or are you guys? Are you doing 36 Wednesday? Thursday? Well, 18, 18. Then Friday you're doing whatever. Wednesday I'll be 30, 18 for sure because we fly in, okay. but. Tim will want to play 36. I'm sure. Who knows? Thursday could be a 36. I don't even know. We're playing. We're playing with Chris from uh, what? What episode was Chris on? Let me. Let me. Chris. I remember was Taylor made. Uh, yeah, one of our previous episodes with uh, Chris Eichenberg from Taylor made. We're playing with him Wednesday, Thursday, and then rumor has it uh, I haven't confirmed the time yet, but I have a little bit of a connection at Desert Mountain, so we are going to be out there. I think. Not 100% sure on that yet, but uh, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, I don't know either. Friday, I'm sure we'll play 36 probably. I don't know. Yep. I don't, I don't know where, where else yet, but. Um, and then Saturday. Mountains, we'll play in the morning somewhere. 
yeah, Saturday we're kind of up in the air depending on access to either Lacenda's Country Club, where we're going to be staying on, um, or the Raven, which is right by the airport, probably one yeah. of the two before our flight out. Pat, I know go. you guys. You'll, you'll meet somebody in the bar. You know, well, you start talking about the let's course hope. and the architectures, and all of a sudden, next thing you know, you guys got a T10 the next day. I'm still hope. I'm still holding out hope I can get an Estancia or Wick or Whisper Rock hookup here, know. but uh, it's not sounding good for either. Maybe we should text Chris one more time. I know. <laughs> so, so my list, the top hundred overall, the only one out there is Estancia Club, um, which I've heard from multiple people out there that it's damn near impossible to. To get on, but I, you know, um, Desert Mountain's got like seven golf courses. I've I've played the one where my buddy's out there. Um, it's great, so I'm hoping we get out there on Friday. And if we don't, uh, we're gonna play somewhere. I got a list. People people respond to on Instagram. Should we go through some of the courses they talked yeah, about? Yeah, share share some that people recommended. So for anybody uh, that's taking a winter trip or a fall trip out there that they can try to get on or whatever, get tea. Tim might have played some of these. Um, Legend Trail somewhere. No, well, no, I have trail. Dusty Pake, Dusty sent me that one. Um, what else we got here? Um, Sean, friend of the friend of the pod, who we golf with, who's out in like Idaho and uh, Washington and Montana right now. Dove Mountain and Van Ventana, huh. somewhere there. I don't know. I gotta look into that. Um, what else we got here? I got a few of them. I got to go back and figure this out here. Hold on, I'm looking at my. Well, you my you look that up, and I'll I'll mention the ones that we have played. So a group yeah. went out two Februarys ago, and we stopped and and played Quintero, TPC Scottsdale, the uh, uh, the champion or the stadium course there where they they obviously play the tournament, the waste management. Um, Thirty six at Gold Canyon, including Sidewinder and Dinosaur. And then, gosh, um, one that I don't remember where we actually played night golf, where you you bring up your light up golf ball and a host of flashlights and just attempt to knock the ball around. It is way harder than you think it would be. <laughs> it is um, difficult. But some uh, some good courses in there. Honestly, play TPC once and and you know get the heck out of there. It's something to do, especially if the stands are up. But the architectural design of the place wasn't particularly interesting. But Quintero is fantastic, even at its stiff price tag in February. Kyle, uh, who went to the Ryder Cup with us, said Whirlwind Country Club. I'm the, that'd be a private one, probably. But Gold Canyon, which you played Dinosaur Mountain. Is that one of the Gold Canyon ones? Yep, that you is. The views are awesome. Yep, they. it's very up and down. It's very undulating. Um, he also said that the Champions course is better than the Stadium course at TPC. Uh, who else we got? Jeremy said the boulders. Not sure where that one is. Um, we got a couple more here. Trying to think here. I got so many. Uh, which is a possibility. You know, we talked about playing 30, well, but as run, but they only, I think of their 36, one is much better than the other one. Saguaro. Yeah. The Saguaro course is, is the better one by far. Some, so, someone uh, sent me Greyhawk as well. Greyhawk hosted, Greyhawk, the, or Riggs host, hosted the NCAAs. NCAAs, yep. NCAA. The talent course. Yep. Um, this guy said, this is Thomas Adrian, said uh, Bounders course at Verado, Southern Dunes uh, at Sunridge and Sunridge Canyon. Oh, the Mountain Shadows Par 3 course is supposedly really awesome. 
that's where um when i was out at papago hitting range balls before my flight last time uh when i was talking to joel damon i sat there and had a beer with joel damon and um he was playing in this monday match that they have just forty dollars throw in forty bucks and you can play it i suppose if you they probably have it for pretty good sticks but um, usually at Papago, but they also go to this Mountain Shadows Par Three course and play it a bunch. It's like Par Three match for. So apparently, it's really good. I don't know, um, but you have to get out there. We'll yeah, try to win some money. We'll find. I mean, Talking Stick. I know Tim wants to go to Talking Stick. I have heard. I haven't heard a lot of great things about Talking Stick, but well, um, just the designers there. Uh, you know, what we should try to do. I wonder if they have one of those. What's that? What's that like golf place that Tiger Woods is involved in now? It's called Pop okay. Stroke, or whatever. They yeah, got yeah, a Pop Stroke but- out there. I don't know. I, so big news coming out of uh, of the Twin Cities this last couple of days. We are getting not pop stroke, but the Rory McIlroy version of that coming to oh, downtown really? right across from the Four Seasons. Yep. yep. Really? I saw that. It's yep. like a putting thing, right? Luxury, luxury indoor mini golf. So Man. it's not it's not quite the Tiger Woods setup where there's a little bit more creativity and lines on the green. It's a little bit more typical putt putt in nature but it is it is elegant sweet i like that anything else no so i think we'll be good to go then my game then sunday off we get back and then the game be ready to roll for our little our little venture down to land man we're gonna be we're gonna have that fixed as you pack we do have a pool no hot tub so unfortunately your back is still fucked but well no uh, i think uh we'll pack the advil actually i won't even pack the advil let's buy some or or we'll get some you know Whatever we, can find, whatever, we can, whatever we can find on the street. Some, some cheap drugs from Tim's. Yeah. yeah. Nice thing is you don't have to go to the street. It's Arizona. You can go right in the store. Actually, the funny thing is, so my back's been fine. It's like a little, it's out, it's like a couple day bullshit is what happens usually. I don't even know. I sleep funny or what. It happens once in a while. But um, the big question is, do we bring, do we pack the desert club? Now, Tim, I know you have like 20 clubs in your bag already, but you know, this, this, this whole desert club thing, I, uh, Last time I went there a couple of years ago in the winter, I didn't bring a desert club. What's the theory know. in a desert club? Share with the listeners because I've heard of it too. So, box or whatever. When you play in the yeah. desert, you know, you don't have, you know, so in Minnesota, if you, you hit the fairway, you have your fairway, and then you have rough. Okay. And then your next thing is usually like trees, you know, or whatever. In the desert, you go fairway rough. And if you miss that, you're just in the desert. So you're in there, you know, with, with, with like, with snakes, snakes Snakes. and shrubs and whatever. Javelinas those like little warthog things and all kinds of stuff. But the ground, you know, is, is like rock. It's hard. So a lot of people will bring a debt, will bring a club, you know, like an old seven iron or something as their desert punch out club. But I think, I mean, who wants that? Like I'm, if I hit in there, I'm going for the green, man. I ain't, yeah, I I didn't I brought one with and I never used it last time. Yeah, I got so. a Nike Vapor three wood for God's sakes. Just hit I the could, fairway. I could, I could punch out with a Nike Vapor three wood all day long, and if I beat it up, who gives a shit? The lead tape's already falling off it. Yeah, outside of fighting a snake with a golf club, I'll be I'll be swinging in there too. Which, by the way, it, it is like high snake season right now. Like, is uh, it? yes, I was I was watching. I saw on like TikTok or something. JJ Watt, JJ Watt had a snake in his bathroom, and he thought it was a rattlesnake. And he called some guy, and he's the guy just grabbed it. This is not even a rattlesnake; it's just it's not even poisonous. But apparently, they've had all these rains. It's like a monsoon kind of season there, and that's the time of year when the snakes get moving around or something. So, 
Zach, Zach's had a snake running before in Myrtle Beach, so he'll have to watch out. Well, good yeah, luck, no boys. Yep. So that's our we'll love plenty, to, uh... plenty of stories and plenty of content. Tim and I will have the phones rolling, I'm sure, for uh, a lot of stuff. Did you see I posted today? I started posting a little bit of our matchup with our vintage clubs at Columbia since we got a lot of it I recorded. So I, I got I don't have good. I don't have all of your shots for every hole, but the ones I do will we'll, uh, we'll we'll throw them on there. Is this when I uh one of those one of those companies where you get the screw in golf cleats, maybe start throwing some cleats and some cowboy boots in case of snakes? <laughs> you might need it. I don't know. I heard it saying supposedly, I don't know, it's the bad time. I'm just I'm just if I hit it in there, I'm like, fuck it, just leave the ball. I only lost like ten dozen at White Bear Yacht already. So I gotta, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta go I gotta go fight. Mike, go. Mike at one point did say how many golf balls you got left in your bag. <laughs> <laughs> it was Tim. You wouldn't believe it. It was. It was. It was only the beginning. Well, the beginning, and then at the end, I we lost were two to... balls off of one tee box, and you I got lost two ball. off of one. And then you realized, lost a breakfast realized ball that... and the second ball. Yeah, we. This the is... first first ball I hit uh, through the fairway. I hit it. I hit it good right at the bat, you know. But through the fairway into into the lateral, so we all took a breakfast ball, and then I hit that into the yard of the uh, house where what's his name wrote uh, the Great Gatsby, F. Scott Fitzgerald, whatever. So. So then we get to number two and I hit that one right out of me. So I lost my first three swings were all lost balls. <laughs> this is why you were sending me the pro shop is so good here. I'm oh, like, it is. I bought a belt. Four. I got a new new belt in the stable. It's just the, the goat logo of Minnesota. It's not even close. Yeah, white but, beer, um, awesome logo. Wow, but, um well the thing not to get off topic here, but white bear, I was talking to Pete about it and I was like, you know, if I was playing there in some sort of big like state of am or something, I wouldn't hit driver that much. Like because there's so much slope on some of the fairways, you can hit iron to certain points and it'll run down hills and end up in the same spot as a driver that you fly and just hits a hill and stays there. You know, it all it's 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 like that where you could it's it's quirky enough where you can do a lot of that stuff and get away with it. It's so fun to play. Just have to know the course really well. That's the part, you know, with yeah. winds and how what can you hit. So well let's transition. We're gonna uh if anybody that saw this online, it was Zyre Golf, but I think it was Golf Douchebag. I don't know where they got it from, but they got it from somebody. He's posted the top 10 douchebag moves in golf, and we are here to discuss them as whether or not we think it's a douchebag move. There's 10 of them, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the 1 through 10. We'll comment on what we think if it's a douchebag move or not. Let's start with number one. It says, club twirling after a bomb drive. Douchebag or not? Uh, negative. That's a pimp move. Nope. Nope. Now I don't do it because it's just I I don't I think you almost have to like practice that don't you like it's just it does not natural to me so I don't do it but do you guys actually do that? Well, I don't oh, practice. Yeah. I don't practice except for today. But uh, <laughs> are you gonna practice it at the range tomorrow? Are you gonna practice club twirling after you hit a sweet No, drive? no, I just say I don't practice in general. It's like how can I practice a club twirl? I just think you do it. Some it's a natural thing. Sometimes when you hit a good drive. It's uh, uh, it's supposed to originate from the thumb. Is how is how Tiger talked about it at one of his range sessions you, you get that right yeah. that right thumb to spin it down and and it really rotates that club for you on the way through i don't My know favorite. jeff how do you how do you naturally one hand a one hand a shot when that, you have two hands is, on it? no that's natural that one i don't have to practice that just happens but i will say my favorite club twirl is when somebody's using like a three iron or like a two iron and it's not it's not going for a green and not trying to bomb something they just hit that nice trajectory that they know it's out in the fair when they just club twirl it and pick it up that's the best as a viewer because when somebody usually club twirls, you know that they hit a good shot. Now, sometimes the douchebag move to me is a club twirl that doesn't even hit the green or, or <laughs> in, in the woods or something. You know, like it's not even a good shot because what we see is we see a club twirl. Oh, that's going to be a sick shot. And all of a sudden they show it. It's like missed the green by 40 yards. 
uh, Tiger had some Tiger had some prime time iron just like the like the like the arm extended club twirl just With just Ryder Cup oh. just baller yeah that was sick I also like the one at TPC Sawgrass he just hooked that low riding stinger and just club twirl the shit out of it that's yep. that's fun oh yeah club I think uh, I think the club twirl goes right into the the area of the early tee pickup which Mike does all the time I mean the club. The club has barely struck the ball. His swing is barely done, and Mike is picking up the tee. That's also not douchey. That's an alpha move. We call it the alpha. <laughs> the alpha. Alpha Omega. One His of the two. Is still ascending. Is still yeah. ascending, and Mike is picking up the tee. I got that from Saki Baba. Did you see Saki Baba at the USAM? She was quick, quick tee pickup all day long, and just pumping it in the fairway. That's I hope you bring the. Play. You got to bring the arm sleeves then. Yeah. Now, now, if you've seen me the last week, I, there have been no quick teeth because it's been hitting it. And just hang on for dear life. Please, please stay in balance to lose another ball. <laughs> All right. Number two on the list, walking in a putt, which is one of my all time favorites. That, that also is, not douchey. That is sick. I love it. I mean, Kevin, obviously originated, like I'm not that ridiculous and I don't think really anybody can really plan that far ahead. But if you hit a putt on the line that you want, Pray to God that actually goes in because if it doesn't, then it's ultra douchey <laughs> walking in a putt that doesn't go in. But I think that is sick. I love it. I think this is this can be either. I think I think the normal walk-ins are fine. The Kevin Na one gets to be douchey when he's like quickly, you know, like on a two-footer. Little tiptoe walk. That's over. douchey. But like if you if you make like like Zalatoris today, you know, on eighteen to make you make that putt to go into the playoff and you're walking in a little bit, that's baller. We're not going to talk about when I walked one in a hole 11, white bear. Oh, uh, it's 11. That par three, I absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah, par five. Yeah, yeah, that was a yep, hell of a par. I walked that in, and that that didn't really spur us on anything, but it was. Oh, cool. I mean, it was one. It was basically one versus two because I wasn't even involved in the match, really. All right, number three, use a range finder on a par four. I don't think that's douchey. What if you're shooting like a. Uh, a bunker or a tree that you want to make sure you miss. I, I, I don't. Think, I don't really I get that mean, one. Like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit the green. Maybe is kind of. Yeah, what I think that means for the flag there. Yeah, okay. for the flag. You know, in case well, Mike every good course, hour. every good course has a drivable par four, in my opinion. Right. I don't yeah. know. I like. I, I'm a big fan of just one hole out of the 18 that you can kind of drive. It's not drive it, but like get up close to it. I think shooting the flag is not a douchebag move. Now, if you're shooting it, it's 370, and you're giving a shot. You're you're taking the, you know, should I wait for the guys to get off the green and that kind of stuff? Then maybe. Of course, dependent. If you're playing Shamrock, it's like concrete. You might, you might be able to get there. You might be able to get there. Or over. Or over. <laughs> All right. Um, number four, being unsatisfied with an approach that ends up three feet from the hole. Yes. Do she? I've done so- it. That's a Hideki. <laughs> that's a Hideki tour sauce move. <laughs> I've done it. I uh, I did have a, a shot today at Highland Highland National that I thought I'd missed hit and ended up four feet and I'm yelling at it to go to go to get up and then it just sticks and it's four feet from the hole. Wait, you played today too, man? You yeah, you two play so much golf. What in the world? How do you do it? You clearly don't have any DIY projects to do. <laughs> no, no, I'm in a condo. This thing maintains Jesus. itself. Man, oh man! I, I refuse to buy a 1912 house. I was I, installing I, a door today. What a son of a bitch that was! On, well, that was 1956, I believe this bad boy was built. But anyway, I digress. All right. Number five: saying you push or pull the drive that's in the fairway. I think that's kind of douchey. Like if, unless you like, re- like I've seen somebody like pop one up and it's in the fairway. I'm talking about solid contact, a little bit of a push, a little bit of a pull, but it's in the fairway. 
I don't. I is think it, that. I mean, as long as you can see it, I think that's somewhat douchey. Is it blocked out? Is it a dog? That leg one, I don't. I, I agree on that. Like, if if you're playing a hole that you can't see it land in the fairway, and you think it might have not, you know, got to where you think you needed, that's not douchey. But if you can or, see it in the fairway, or um, if it's a hole where it is a little dog leg, and you're trying to cut it, you know, because like I think of North Fork number ten, where you want to go left, you know, and just hit it left hard. And then you hit it right, you flare it right into the ferry, but you're like 70 yards farther away than you wanted to be. Yeah. I, I think this is dependent though. This is like if you're outwardly loud about it, you know, I think I think you can I think you could say under your breath yourself, you know, you whatever, that's shitty if you're in the ferry, but when you're not trying to be there, but yeah, kind of well, this next one kind of goes with it because it's similar with the driver again. Saying I hit it off the toe, it goes like 330. <laughs> <laughs> the toe hook roller maybe is what we're looking at tim you've probably had one of those before yeah no that's uh i had another one today it was a it was a four iron i thought it hit a little toe and it came up to like 14 feet on on one of the par threes so yeah that's kind of douchey i don't know if it's shamrock I, if it was shamrock hard at my they might go 400 if you hit a toe you get a little top spin yeah yeah <laughs> well who was uh there was someone that had brought it up i think gm golf brought it up in one of theirs but the the toe hit tends to not lose all too much distance where that heel hit that heel contact you start to lose up to like almost 20 percent. yeah the toe if the, if the toe is going to get you hook spin you know you're gonna it's gonna have a lot well, of roll here's the thing though i think what they're actually now that i think about it what they're actually trying to say is like you bomb a drive and you're like, ah, I kind of caught that one off the toe. You know, like you're, you're kind of douchebag. Yeah. And like, and like you, the person, the people you're playing with know it went really far. And you're like, ah, I didn't fully catch that one. You know, I will, uh, I will, but it was, you know, a little off the toe. I will call it a douchebag move, even though I could, I will 100% tell you that I have done that before. <laughs> All the time. Like, I will, All the time. Well, uh, here's the, th so here's the thing. Finally, I'll drive Mike. I completely missed it. I hit that so far off the heel. It <laughs> no, it depends. Like, you know what a good driver, you know, to you, what a good driver feels like. And you're playing with people. And it depends if they know you or don't know you. You might hit it not that good. It looks good, you know, maybe because maybe you hit it farther than people, whatever. It looks good in the air, but you know to yourself that it wasn't very well hit. You could, you yeah. just know, you just know what a good one feels like. That's got pop right off the top of the sweet spot, but they say, Oh, great drive. Then you're like, I've done this before. I'm like, well, no, it's not, it's not even trying to be douchey. It's just like, cause, ah, yeah, I was, uh -huh. it was you know, off the toe a little bit, whatever. Cause, it just, Cause to you, it doesn't feel good. Like, you know, you didn't hit it that great. Like you could hit it better, but yes, it's a douchey move. And I have, I will 100% admit to doing it before. Multiple <laughs> Hand up. All right. Seven wearing long white pants. Like you're on tour. What, never have ever done this. I've, I've, ne I've never done this ever. But douche, douchey move, white shorts acceptable. I, think. I love white pants at my rider. I'm packing the white pants, baby. In the fall, white I love pants are coming white pants for the rider. <laughs> I do not own a pair of white pants. So I think they it could be depending. Yeah. Not, um, to mention, and, you know, not to mention when you wear the white pants or shorts, you got to do way too much thinking. You can't wear like black underwear. You get, you get, it's, there's way too much planning oh, with, you the can. White, with the whites. Otherwise, you know, you, way too much work. All right. Eight, asking someone, I, I think this is somewhat douchey, asking someone their handicap after three minutes after meeting them. That's douchey. Never done that. Yeah. You're just like, you're already asking what they are as a handicap. Like, that's, yeah, come on now. Let's unless, you're setting up, unless you're setting up, unless you're setting up a match, you're trying to figure out bumps or something. I don't think that's the case. I think all no. of these in relative terms are just yeah. like, what's your handicap? Like, I just yeah. met you and. Okay. Very douchey move.
Very douchey. Nine, complaining about approach shots, getting too much spin. Absolutely douchey. <laughs> so God, douchey. I would, I would, I would, <laughs> I would, I would pay a lot of money right now to have more spin. I don't have yeah. any anymore. I used to be able to spin it decent, but at, with age, I don't know what's happened. I think it's just well, getting older, but you hit the the wedges off the toe. I do. You're right, Tim. <laughs> you know, this is a wow. I, you know, actually, that's the first I've ever thought about that. A, what an epiphany moment! I'm not even kidding you. Like what? I never you thought. I never, that I, that's not why they're spinning. They're hitting them off the toe. They're I never put two and two together on the spin until just now. And I'm not even kidding you. Oh like I, I've shown, I've shown Tim so many times. Like look at where this wedge. Look at where the like the mark is on the wedge, way out in like the toe. Um. But yeah, no, that's a great point. My my favorite is the oh play that you just pray for spin. You play yeah. Oh yeah, spin. that's a good one. Or if you're playing Royal Club, which we like last week, anything spins. It was so soft out there. Holy crap! All right, and last but not least, saying that this is a birdie hole frequently. So <laughs> I think I Done think it. there's a point in time before. for that. Move, knowing Mike, knowing Mike, you know, eight nine of the eighteen are birdie holes. Very, you know. According to Mike, like. I've co- I'll, I'll copy this one for sure. Uh, I've done this one so many times that on when, if I ever go to North Fork, I'll just roll right out of the car because the first hole is the, like, the easiest part yeah. of ever. And I know like the last time I went up there with my buddy, we got paired with these two old guys and I'm running super late, <laughs> super late because there's like all this construction, whatever. So I'm coming in hot right to the first tee with um, I got my sandals on still. And they're like, you want to change? I'm like, nah, it's a birdie hole. I'll just get out there. <laughs> <laughs> And then I proceeded to hit like the second one of the fescue and didn't make a birdie. <laughs> oh, you just still made birdie in the fescue out of the fescue? No, I didn't. I didn't make birdie at that but that is a birdie hole. But uh, I, I will 100% cop to that douchey move that I've done it before. <laughs> and I know Jeff has that at, at Wild Marsh. I know on 17 or 18, you said, yep, birdie hole. You, you know, but I always say like, a, you know, typically according to your drive. I mean, that actually in 17, 18 doesn't matter as much, but 17, if you're not, if you're not online, you're... 18, 18 you can hit it almost anywhere and make yes. almost like a birdie if you had a good second shot. So, anyways, that concludes our, our uh, top 10 douchebag moves. Anyone that you want to add here before we move on? Mm, I'm trying to think oh, here. Uh, probably complimenting on, on the sand or, or talking negatively of the sand quality as you hit a couple bunker shots that just stick close. You're not so, looking at me. Yeah. You're not looking at me. I hope. I like this. I like. I'm not complaining. No, about no, no, no. This is, this is in general. It should Actually, be a natural hazard. I would say. I would say a real scumbag douchey move would be uh, backing up like a triple bogey with a with an albatross in match play. That's a real. <laughs> that's a really, 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 really scumbaggy move. <laughs> For sure. All right. Well, the PGA Tour headed to Memphis this week for the first round of the playoffs, the FedEx St. Jude. And I'll say the, I don't know, there was a bizarre leaderboard going for much of the week. Uh, many of the big names were nowhere to be seen. Uh, you know, we had guys like Tyler Duncan, Sepp Strzok, uh, JJ Spawn, Trey Mullinax, who are, some of them are winners this year. But, you know, when you look at the leaderboard coming to the final round as things played out, eventually some of the cream started rising to the top. You had John Rahm. Tony Finau, Colin Morikawa, Matty Fitz, they all top five. And then we had Willie Z, who Mike, of course, picks, who had never won before in a playoff in what appears to be very bizarre fashion, which we'll get into in a second. And since I was not able to watch, somebody, if you could please break down what happened in this playoff between Sepp Strzok and Will, Willie Z, I would love to hear it. Well, 
before we get into the picks, <laughs> before we get into the pick segment, I poured another glass of scotch here. I just want to give a shout out to Willie Z. Um, you know, I think uh, last few weeks I kind of put it on cruise control a little bit. Didn't you know? I was I was kind of like the rest of the tour, you know, not not caring. Then we get to the big game. Then we get to the big time here for the Fest Cup, and I think Willie Z. I picked him because he's a big game hunter, just like myself when it comes to the picks. And uh, he came through like a champ, but uh, yeah, it was it was a wild, wild playoff. Um, so it actually started before the playoff on hole eighteen. Zalatoris is playing in the second to last group. Sepp Strzok is playing in the last group with um, with JJ Spawn, who just imploded. Oh, did he break eighty? I don't. Know if, I don't. Know uh, I don't even know. But uh, he was on. He was on hole. 17 and he was down to like seven under he you know he at one point he was like 14 or something um but on 18 zalatoris hit it in the fairway bunker I, I, they played 18 like three times in a row they played two times in a row in the playoff but i think he hit in the fairway bunker hit it short then made a clutch putt from like maybe eight or ten ten feet maybe ten twelve feet for par, Sepstraka made a nice putt himself for par, and then they go to a playoff. Um, and by the way, Sepstraka has missed a cut six events in a row, and like fourteen on the last. You know, he won at he won the Honda. Honda, Honda, yep. Yeah, even you know Shane Lowry would blame it on the rain, even though he's from fucking Ireland. Blame but, it on the uh, rain. You should sing that remember, real quick for remember us. Remember that. Blame it on the rain, Manili. Oh yeah, yeah, classic. (laughs) Just a banger. Um, (laughs) I forgot about that. But um, but Sepp Straka has missed a bunch of cuts in a row. But it, which shows you how crazy the game is. Just what a crazy game golf is. Like he's in not in any form whatsoever, and he is in a playoff to win the first FedEx event. But they get so they go play eighteen again. And Zalatoris is just Mister Confident. Just the eighteenth hole is hard. Really hard tee shot. It's a dog leg left. You got a bunch of bunkers in the right and a and a like a pond. You got to go over it that you cannot like fully carry because it runs the whole left side. And um, Zalatoris hits first in the playoff, rips driver up into the first cut, and Sepp Straka hits three wood. Um, looked like he was going to hook it into the water, but it didn't. And then anyway, they both par. They both party. They go play eighteen again. Zalatoris hits first again. Rips driver. It must just be amped up, and he bombs it over the bunkers, off the cart path, into the trees, almost out of bounds. Like he's up almost against a fence, pretty close. He had a he had like a punch shot. Meanwhile, Straka hits the same like draw by the water again. And he's down there fiddling with, he's got his shoes off. Like, is he going to hit it from, out? his ball is in play, but is he getting in the water? Is he not getting in the water? And Zalatoris is trying to figure out, does he go for it? Does he punch out? Whatever. Anyway, Zalatoris punches out. Straka gets up there somehow. And and Zalatoris again makes a clutch putt. Um, Straka made, no, actually I'm thinking Straka made made a clutch putt. Anyway, they both tied with Park. That wasn't even the wild part. Then they go to 11. They go to 11, which is a par three. And what was it playing, Tim? 170? Like, let's, let's say 170. It was pretty short. Relatively short. And I got it, a one, 151 for today. Oh, yeah. So I think 147 is what the actual number was. That's what I was getting. That's what I was getting a seven. 147. So it's short. 
and they um and it wasn't that windy. Zalator's hitting first, hits it, and it's like an elevated green with water shorts. It's got a bunch of it's got like you know stones and stuff on the ledge. Hits the stone, hits the the grass, rolls back onto the stone, does not go in the water, stays up on the stones, but it's like the 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 sod is not mowed down tight. So the ball is actually sitting below the sod. Okay. So it's a weird like TV commentators like, I guarantee you, Will Zalatoris has never seen a shot like this in his life. It reminded me of remember when Chris Chris, yeah. Uh, Chris at Shadow, Shadow Creek. Creek at Shadow Creek on 18 was standing on the stones. It's exactly what it reminded me of. Yep. Um, anyway, Sep Straka goes, you're thinking, okay, well, he's gonna win. Zalatoris is fucked. And Sep Straka, who for some reason, I mean, this is a wedge or a, a nine iron at most for these guys. Hits it in the water. Like he hits it off the stone. It hits, hits, hits the stone too, I think. But then it kicks back in the water. You know, he could have hit it anywhere on the green past the hole or up there mm-hmm. somewhere. And he probably would have won. But he goes in the water. So Straka's dropping from the drop zone, which is a 90-yard shot. And he hits it over the green into a bunker. So now they're up with Zalatoris, who's trying to decide what the hell to do. You know, he can stand on. He, he has a stance. That's fine. He could but he can't hit a normal wedge because he can't get the club under the, you know, the rock ledge and he can't really belly a wedge just to chip it up there, you know, because he's so concerned. Well, does the ball catch the side and go backwards into the water? So he decides to take a drop too and go back and he hits a 90 yard to like maybe 10 feet or something. Well, then Straka did get up and down from the bunker for bogey. So Zalatoris had to make another clutch putt, like a 10-footer, 8-footer, and he made it, of course, because he made a bunch of clutch putts at the end. That's how he won his first event. It was it was bizarre. Bizarre finish. Did he have to go all the way back to the drop area, or did he not? Yep, Zalatoris, he... 90, I think it was 92 yards, 90 yards. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. He went back there and hit a good shot to, like, 10, 12 feet. I would have just been dropping right on the green. <laughs> that's you know that's a wild situation because first of all you know you think of playoffs most of the time you have to think i have to make birdie to kind of win a hole right well it seems like these guys were just scratching and clawing to make par every time but at the at the bottom line it, it seems like you know at some point zalatoris in some of these second place finishes he ha- he's had is has had some bad luck you know just lipping out hitting the yeah. edge he kind of got finally the golf gods in his side. Straka, I don't know what he was doing. Honestly, if it was me, I'd take one more club and just power it over and at least have a putt at a par. Yeah, you know? I don't know what he's doing. So I I don't know. Straka's not going to sleep well tonight, I'll tell you that right now, of, of some of the, the shots that he hit. But, you know, Zalatoris probably has deserved to win at this point anyways. And finally, you know, something went his way. So I tell you he, what, man. I watched, I watched... I think I watched it from, like, hole 13 on. That kid can is a ball striker holy cow you uh, his shot tracers are so straight sometimes it's unbelievable like it's it's crazy he he was speaking of that i'm glad you mentioned that because there was something on social medias that basically when he's on the range he'll hit if he's not hitting the ball where he wants to he will alternate cut draw cut draw and it equalizes his swing back to straight (laughs) so he'll rotate going draw to cut and for whatever reason, it says it neutralizes him. And now he's, you know, he'll hit that straight ball. So he, he says he does that on the range to find that whatever, in, you know, in between. And yeah. he ends up, you know, obviously he's 
a, a very good ball striker. But let's think about that next time we're on the range. If things aren't going well, we just alternate, cut, draw. Then we head to the first box, and we shoot he, a smooth uh, 68. Easy game. Easy game. Yeah. Easy game, exactly. It's interesting to see where he goes because, you know, he gets flack for the putting stroke. But he made a bunch of 8 to 12 feet. You don't know what they were exactly. His stroke from that distance is really good. He, it, he only does the little Zorro thing on like the short, like three, four footers, you know, but he makes them. So he, he's such a good ball striker. Man, he, was he nails. Yeah, he was 25, uh, 25th in putting this week. He was, you know, number one strokes gain. Everything, all the ball striking all, stuff. Just, yeah, yeah, all the ball striking stuff, number one. So that tells you a little bit about how well he hits the ball. And mm. if he just putts decently, you know, it's going to be a, it's going to be a good week for him. So Something I wanted to bring up, uh, you know, there's a lot, you know, it wasn't an exciting week until obviously that finished, but how can the playoffs, do you think, improve? Like 25, 125 guys, first week of the FedEx playoff make the cut. I don't know. In, in my opinion, that's too many. Can we cut it down to 75? You know, something where it's like not so diluted. I mean, we had Tyler Duncan at one point, like thinking he's going to win the first FedEx playoff event, you know, in, not nothing against him, but. You know, it just seemed like the leaderboard wasn't was was not what you would want on a on a playoff. Well, where'd they field. all go? What's that? They didn't go to live. They all get, went I'll, to live. I'll get to that oh. in a second. I'll get to that bullshit with Patrick Reed in a second. But um yeah, start the event. But but if yeah. you look at if you look at how it finished, it was pretty much there was a couple of, you know, Lucas Glover, who has won a major. We got saved by Sunday. Let's be honest. Yes. Thursday the, through Saturday was blah. The pro, the, 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 the studs came around. You know, Adam Scott, T5, John Rahm, T5, Morikawa, T5, Finau, T5, Fitzpatrick, T5. You know, they were all up there. A lot of them were. There was some big, you know, Scotty Scheffler, you know, even though he didn't actually walk through Cam Smith's line, but, um, you know, and Rory, you know, and, you know, some of the guys like Justin Thomas, your pick played well. Finally, he yeah. was kind of a disappointment for days, but I don't know the live thing. I, I laughed at uh, Patrick Reed went and played in a Asian event and got like T31 in a field with just nobody's. And then he said that he wanted to do a, a, a Ryder Cup live versus PGA Tour. Like the live, the live couldn't fill out a 12 man field with 12 big names. Like they would get just annihilated. Look at like going to fill plan. Phil hasn't broken 75 in two months. Oh, Phil wouldn't play. They threw him <laughs> out. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Go, I mean, go. yeah, I don't know how they fix it. They, uh, I mean, here, here's the thing. If you if you go to seven, let's say that instead of 125, you go to 75, then you got to really work to get into that. You know, you, got, you might have to play more events. You might have to actually, you know, hopefully that doesn't make you, you know, go to live. But I mean, saying like, if we kind of less dilute it a little bit and, and get it more competitive where the people have to play depending on how they're you're playing in the season, you know, there was some guys that had not played in a PGA tour event since the open, you know, it's like, yeah, you know what I like, you know what I would like to see and they'll never do it, but I watched a ton of the chambers Bay women's am. We'll talk about at the end here. I wish they would find a way to do these like three events and get it down to like 32 guys. Or 64, and then do a big match play tournament. That would be sick. You know, like they do with the WGC on a really cool golf course that's fun to watch on TV. And and then who cares if you know, like who cares if they make a shitload of birdies and eagles because it's match play. It, people want to see that in match play. You know, they want to see fireworks. Um, 
that to me would be an awesome way to finish the PGA tour season is have this giant like match play. And then, you know, like, like, cause I think we'll, we'll talk about the BMW in a second. Then you get to East Lake for the championship and it's all, you know, the scores are weighted by what you've done all year, you know, for season long, whatever. So, so yeah. somebody's going to start. The, I don't, that kind of bores me. It makes that event kind of boring. Like you could just have, okay, here's your top 64 seeds. This one gets to play 64 because one was the best all year or whatever. Uh, something like that would be way more exciting uh, to me than the way they do it. But I don't, yeah. I don't know. And and as Tim has talked about, I mean, the PGA Tour has to do a little bit of evolving here. I mean, if nothing else, they have to think about some different strategies and how they do things because at, at this point, if they keep just doing what they've been doing, they lose steam, they lose people. In fact, yeah, you know, the rumor of Cam Smith leaving is actually a big, big hurt to the PGA Tour. That Which... finally, in my opinion, that's the one guy. If he, you know, he hasn't officially gone, but if he goes, there's going to be some effect on that because he is playing some of the best golf of anybody in the world. Oh, he's gone. He's going to be gone. I think he's, it's from yeah. all indications, it's pretty much a done deal. I don't I'm know if he's saying he hasn't, he hasn't officially. No, he hasn't said it yet, but he's basically said it at, the, at his press yeah. conferences because by not saying it, by not denying it, he's basically. Yeah. Although I think, man, fire, what a shitty agent. If he only gets if Phil Mickelson gets two hundred million to cover his gambling debts and he can't even golf anymore, he should be on the Champions Tour, which is a whole other subject. Which is something that the PGA Tour should get rid of. Quit funding the Champions Tour and go spend money on the young guys. Um, then Cam Smith, who had a chance to be world number one this week, that would have been the ultimate bad thing for the. That's the worst thing that could happen for the PGA Tour. Well, at least they they found a way to penalize him today, though they got they, they made well. Sure it was it was a legit. Well, it was legit, but that was interesting. He didn't. He, he put his he took his drop or whatever, and he was not out of the hazard yet. See that? That's what it was. He was on yeah. the line. You know, he's going to live. So you know, like Patrick Reed, they can just cheat. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's a. I think that's a. That was a ban. If he would have won, and if or he say he wins the FedEx Cup, and then just jump ship right away. That's the ultimate bad news for the PGA tour, yeah. but um, there's going to be more. I think there's going to be a bunch of Australians. I think, I think Hideki is probably gone. Um, I hope not Cam Young, my guy. That was the rumor, but that rumor was yeah, usually of... where there's smoke, there's fire. Although exactly. what's the, what's the going to be my boy now. I know there's a few of them that haven't come to fruition yet. And I don't know if it's just because they're waiting for the FedEx playoffs to be, to, to be over, but there's a couple that have still, you know, well, on. I think part of the thing is, is I think what, what live has done is they, they, they throw, they, they get the rumor mill going and they understand that they do it. They do a really good job. Their hype machine, you know, for all corny and stupid it is sometimes like Taylor Gooch does a good job of getting it out there because nobody goes to the events. The events are empty. There's like, and the TV and the YouTube viewership is, is flatlined to half of what it was the first one. So they have that issue, but they do a really good job of, of getting it out there. You know, like I, like I've said in this podcast before, to me, the, the other stuff, you know, all the non golf stuff is, has been way more interesting than the actual golf. But uh, I think they just throw a bunch of names out there and sees what sticks with the rumors. And some of them are true. Some aren't, you know, I don't know a bunch of them, you know, Billy Horschel and some of those guys said, that we're, no, we're not leaving. That's, that's bullshit. Um, but I don't know. We didn't talk about it on the, actually it was just this week. So it was, it was not a last pod. They, that was a big hit that, uh, court case in California, the, the, uh, court case last week. Exactly. 
And that's kind of where we're getting to because, all right, these three guys that thought that they could play a live and come back, they did not. You would think that might be in favor of the PGA Tour because people don't want to miss out on those FedEx playoffs. You know, that's well, a big they'll, part they'll of the appeal. They'll appeal that. What a terrible circuit to choose to come out of. I mean, why would you come out of, of North North California of well, any I'm of sure the, they I mean, were. I'm sure for some reason they had to or something. I don't know, but. Maybe maybe Phil is one of the plaintiffs or something. Maybe. But well, no, cause it, the plaintiffs for this one were those. Well, yeah, he was because there was there was eleven. I think Carlos Ortiz pulled out. It was ten. But the thing is, so that 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 case there, the antitrust case or whatever, um, set up the next case is until what next August or September. So by then, and and with new world golf rankings. Other than Cam Smith, almost everybody on Live is going to be outside the top fifty by that time next year, because they I'm get. Sure that'll, I'm sure that'll get brought up though too. Maybe. Well, I I think they have they have a better case, they have a better collusion case, than they do an antitrust case because their antitrust case was was, it was almost comical. They went in there and talked about how they, they the the, the facts didn't make it anti it wasn't antitrust at all the players made more money and live than they they argued and that, that the pga tour had the monopoly and everything yet the players are making more money now on live the ones that went than they did in the pga tour so how can you argue you know that it's non-competitive when it clearly is but their bigger case is going to be collusion i think with world golf rankings and all that stuff between you know the pga tour and the dp all that stuff that's probably a stronger case than the antitrust one which will be next year so those players Sounds are going to be right those players are going to be out of the top 50 by that. Like, like Patrick Reed went and played in the Asian tour and got like, he got like T31 and got like 0.03, got next to nothing, like no points at all, hardly, you know? So if they think they're going to go to the Asian tour and play with the new world ranking system, they're going to be screwed either way. They're, they have no way of getting points. Some of these guys, I think that jump ship early might get more front loaded money, but might also, have to kind of do a little pave, you know, road paving for these other guys that are maybe hanging on just to see like how this is all going to work out. Like those guys just went; they didn't yeah. really have any sort of plan on how this is all going to work out. They just decided I'm just going to take the money and then figure it out later. But that's a, I mean, yeah. that's a good, but that's a good move for guys like Ian Poulter and Lee Westwood. Their careers are well, basically yes, over. but like Patrick Reed and stuff, like he's playing Asian tours now. Like he probably didn't think that that's what he's going to end up doing when he said, I'm going to live. like, honestly, like, do you think he envisioned him playing in the Asian tour with nobody else that even know? I mean, that's, that yeah. can't be something that he actually envisioned. During his uh, maybe he likes it better over there. Maybe the food is better. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe the, yeah, thing wow. is, the thing is that we don't know, like there's no, there aren't many specifics to the contract. Like what is the length of term for some of these guys? Like, like Dustin Johnson, for instance, what did he get? One thirty or something like that. One hundred thirty. No, he got he got one in the one. Phil was the biggest. Phil at two hundred million was the yeah. top, I which think, is I just think... which is absolutely comical, absolutely comical. But I think Dustin Johnson would get one forty. One fifty, one forty. Yeah. You know, I don't know how long is that for. What is it? Two years. It's got to be at least two years, at least. But for most, but for like a Dustin Johnson, I bet you his sponsorship. I bet you he was getting 20 to 30 million a year just in all those sponsors deals. He was on all those RBC commercials and TaylorMade. Like he was on every freaking commercial all the time. Um, so, I mean, yes, he's making more money, but. 125. 
125. So if Liv were to fold up, let's say next year they lose their case and it's, it's kaput, in the long run, he probably makes less money. Maybe. Yeah. But, you know, it's a big it's a big chunk of change. I mean, which which is why I said Cam Smith for only 140 is a joke. His agent yeah. should be fired. Like, should yeah. be fired. If Bryson DeChambeau is getting 120, who does have a major, they both have one, but Cam Smith's way better player. Not even comparable. Bryson's been shitty. I know he was hurt or whatever, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's all bizarre, but it's I think it's here to stay, and it's gonna they're gonna have to do something. Yeah, well that that can be further discussions down the road. But let's let's get to the BMW Championship. They play again now. It's top seventy. So if they if you're top seventy in the FedEx Cup standings, you are playing this week. It is in Wilmington Country Club in Delaware. I wasn't yeah, in Delaware. Delaware. Wilmington. I was Delaware. not aware there's a golf course in Delaware, let alone. You know, the fact that people live there. But anyways, it's, uh, I think, top 70 yards, like I said, par 71, 7,500 yards, Robert Trent Jones Sr. design. My research says that it hosted six USGA events there, including the 2013 Palmer Cup. Other than that, I've got nothing. So if you guys have something from this place they're playing, go for it. So, side note real quick, huge news, breaking news. Uh, the media... Um, uh, application just opened for Live Event Chicago. So, oh, so fill it out. Let's try. Well, let's see if we can sign go. it up right. Sign it up right let's now. Go. All right. Uh, I think it would Throw be fun. Uh, I think I think it would be fun that we went to a PGA Tour one kind of as you know somewhat we were there to be able to kind of compare and contrast. Plus, we go play Cog Hill and you can get another one off your list before that or after that or something. But. Oh, that course in that the Wilmington Country Club used to be called the Delaware Field Club. Way cooler name, by the way. That what a dope, sweet name, the Delaware Field Club. Because they were like a cricket club and all that, you know, before they golf like a lot of those. But it's the original nine holes are by guys you've never heard of. Henry Tatnell and Jay Ernest Smith. Don't know. But yeah, RTJ Jr. No, senior. RTJ Sr. Um did it in nineteen fifty nine. The South. They have thirty six holes there. Dick Wilson did the other one. But um it looks good. The pictures look pretty cool. I think it looks cool. I don't know. Yeah, we'll find out. Yeah. Uh, so a little, a little bit more background. Mike was was spot on, but in much, in much in the same way that we had a president host the live event uh, when I went to Bedminster, New Jersey, we pseudo have a different president helping to host this one as uh, your boy, Joe Biden. Oh, I think it's uh, Abe Lincoln. Is no, Joey no. B is Joey B going to be there just like a tit well, for no, tat with a live tit for tat with a live? He's a member there. Oh. Joe Biden, Joe well, Biden, the, servant of the servant of the people. You think he uh, cheat? He cheat? can afford uh, can afford a membership here. Well, I'm I guessing. can see him. I can see him not knowing his score, but I I don't know if he intentionally cheats. What do you think? Well, no, so, probably not. Just because Maybe, I, might, I don't know. Might might forget some forget some numbers here or there. I forget some swings he had. <laughs> in the in the same way, Jeff, that you had your uh, douchebag moves ranked one to ten. I have the power rankings of presidents up oh, with geez. their handicaps, and of course, the one and only Donald Trump, number one. Well, he a, cheats. It's a known fact. A, he's a cheater. With like, a two point eight. Oh my God! Uh, there's Joe no Biden. way. There's zero Joe way Biden with that golf swing is two point eight. Surprisingly, Joe Biden number two with a six point seven. I don't believe either of those. I don't believe either of <laughs> well, those no. numbers for one second. 
this there's a kudo there's a kudo there's a there's a little there's a little star here um it says that joe biden hasn't remembered to put in the score since 2018 so oh, <laughs> and trump's a known known cheater which have we talked about that in this podcast how he wins club championships yeah. That's, I've seen yeah, it. I've it, seen it so many times on the. All internet. right, all right. We got anyway. we got to bring a couple of these through all the way though. So JFK's number three with a, a seven. We're back on some old style clubs. Franklin D. Roosevelt four. George H. W. Bush with maybe the best line ever said over the, <laughs> that was over, a the over golf ball. That's a classic line. Now watch this drive. Uh, Bill Clinton and uh, Gerald Ford tied for for eighth with a twelve handicap. Richard Nixon uh, in that group as well. Barack Obama at number nine with an honest 13. Don't know what that means. Um, and then George W. Bush at 10 with uh, a 15. Uh, we have no Taft on there. Taft is a big golf guy. Taft, Taft is, uh, he's on the list at 12. Ooh. At 12. But big a golf 20 guy. handicap. That, well, and going back to why Jeff, why Joe Biden's probably a member there is because Delaware is like the size of fucking Hennepin County. So anybody who's anybody is probably a member at the Wilmington Country Club. There's not that many options I, I in Delaware. I can see that for sure. <laughs> well, Mike won and, you know, impressive style actually picked the winner. That That's that's pretty good. Um, he's, in theory, wrapped this up. But we're still going to do picks anyways because Tim and I are at seven battling it out. Mike, are you at ten? No, wait, you were at eight, seven. You were at five. I'm at eight. Now yeah, you're at five. five. You guys are at five. There's only two events left because we're we'll figure out something different for the fall series or whatever. But so we're gonna still battle to see if there's a, a place one through three. Maybe the last place guy has to do something. Who knows? I, yep. We'll maybe figure that out. But um, Mike, Mike's gonna win no matter what. But we're still gonna do picks this week. Um, Tim, your guy. Uh, who would you have this week? Last week, you I had I had can't lay. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, can't lay. Really laid an egg on Sunday. I think he finished like two over. But sh- shocking. Um, shocking, shocking, a fairly a somewhat. It got kind of tough out there. Shocking, he laid an egg. I think he stayed out and watched, you know, listened to the blues way too late one of the nights. And yeah, just the next day. So you got the first pick, and we got. Well, uh, because there's so much success at this course, even though it has kind of a, a shorter history for professional events, for tour events, um, but two guys, two long hitters, did fairly well there in a head-to-head matchup against each other. Palmer and Nicholas got to go with another. Um, Another long hitter of his day, uh, somebody that I, I think can work his way around a fairly forgiving but a seventy five hundred yard course. That's going to be Roy McIlroy. Oh, oh my guy! My guy coming oh. off a missed cut. Do you think he ate vegetables this week? Because he did not the week a couple weeks before. He said he was off the rails, not eating well, not doing anything well. Not well, there's golf. he's going to be eating seafood and. Uh, I, what else do you even do in Delaware? Leave I don't Maryland? know. I, don't, uh, know. I right. don't even know what you do in Delaware. Well, my pick is uh, actually little history there. He was on the Palmer Cup team in 2013. Uh, he's finished T13 this last week. I actually picked him last week. He's got three top tens in all the statistical categories from this last week. So he's played well other than his putter sucking. Um, I'm just going to stick with JT again. I just think he's... Just make a couple putts and he'd be all right. He three putted from three feet, like eight inches this week. So putter gets hot. I think his ball striking is good enough. Kind of like Zalatoris. As long as he, you know, makes a few putts, he's probably going to be in at the end. So that's my pick. He's got some history there. We're going to Delaware. Mike, you're up. Oh man. You know, we don't condone uh, gambling on this site 
or this podcast, I guess, not a website. But, uh, you know, if you would have listened to me and you took uh, Will Zellatoris at plus 2,500, the worst odds of the three on this podcast last week picks, you would have made yourself $2,500 on a $100 bet. <laughs> um, so let's just talk about this. I got nothing to lose here because this is already over. Um, I thought about, does it, you know, I was really pull, pulling for Ricky Fowler to get in that top 70 so I could just pick him this week. Um, but he took a nine on 18 on uh, was Saturday. It Friday, Saturday. Yeah, I took a nine. So he was done. Wyndham Clark squeaked in by 0.01, like points, one shot, basically. You see that he's a 70, he's the 70th guy. He squeaked in by like a shot when uh, some guy missed a putt on 18 or something. But I think we're going to go. It is long. What is the team? It's like 7,500 yards they can play it at or something. It's deep. Uh, yep. It looks good. I, I was going to maybe take my boy Rory. Actually, both my guys, you know, everybody listens to the podcast knows I have three guys. I got Rory and JT, and then my young child, Cat Young, who could get disowned if he leaves. But we're going to go with a guy who's going to come from out of nowhere. Not so much out of nowhere, but he's had a terrible year. Hasn't done shit all year, basically, except for a win in Mexico, which barely even counts. But now is the time. T5 this week at the at, uh, at St. John's. T5, he's getting ready. John Rahm. Put it down, baby. John Rahm to win. Can I go? Can I predict the entire FedEx playoffs? Is that possible? <laughs> John we'll Rahm see. to win the BMW. Tim's tournament. He should like this more than the John Deere. He's a big BMW guy. All right. So True. we got Rahm. We got Rory. We got JT. So we really, really went outside the, yeah. the walls there. <laughs> but, um, well... That's the BMW. We're gonna we you know before we kind of finish up here. One thing we want to talk about was the women's am was at Chambers Bay this week, which was won by Saki Baba. Now, oh god, what a great name, name! Alone might be my favorite name ever in the history of anybody that swings a golf club. But this course should it get another shot? I mean, it really represented well this week. Um, Absolutely, you know, it got a lot of heat when it had the U.S. Open. What are your thoughts on how Chambers Bay? So couple of things here uh i've played chambers bay it's it's um is a very fun golf course to play i think what is it tim in your pu- public 22 believe it's ranked 22 on public there's digest. no fucking way there's 21 better public golf courses in america than chambers bay zero chance no way it is good it's fun every you you see if you saw it on tv it looks great on tv you see the water and you see hills and stuff from every hole. It's visually striking and it's a really, it's a fun, fun golf course. Um, I cannot recommend it more. Uh, I, I played it probably, oh man, I don't even know what it was, 2018. And, and the twilight rate was like 140 bucks to walk. You know, it was, it was very affordable. And if you live in that county, oh my God, it's like the greatest deal ever. Um, but yeah. Awesome golf course. Super fun to play. Love it. Tim's got to get there still. Yeah, it was uh, it was fun to watch. I mean, the shots that they had to make. Um, I liked how they talked about the different green green complexes. I think they might – tell me if I'm wrong here. Didn't they, like, redo the types of greens? They, the they grass. The grass of the greens. They Yeah, it got – well, it, it got a really bad rap at the U.S. Open in 2015, was it? Or 16? 15, I think. When Dustin Johnson three putted, remember at the end on the last yeah, one, speeds yeah, one. It's such a short putt. It was a short putt. Yeah, he looked at. Remember, he looked at it forever and then backed off and and missed it. Um, 
but so they had when they when they built this golf course it's built on an old you know like quarry mine thing um they put the greens they they made the greens were fescue greens just like the fairways and everything but during the open they got so dry and brown and crappy and bumpy the players you know ripped it to shreds and when i was out there a few years later um playing we were we were the last group out in the evening and um the ranger who'd been there since it opened said that's the usj came in like a month and a half before and turned basically turned the water off because they want you know, that was back in the mike davis days make the us open hard so they wanted it firm and fast and it made the greens just so crappy so they got rid of they've actually went to a like a poa or something now so they, when i played there they were awesome they were perfect and they rolled great for this but um yeah my daughter who doesn't even like golf she's you know she's 10 uh was so fascinated with the tournament just because of the name Saki Baba. What so a great good. name. But she kicked ass. Like yeah. just dominated every match. Like she had a few like three and ones, but like the last two, she won eleven and nine in the finals. That's Stephen Amy territory right there. Yeah. And they played 36 hole final, but she was up like seven after the first 18. And she kicked ass in the semis. She just dominated. And she was she's good. Hits it high. Great short game. Putting. Oh my God amazing well that was fun to watch uh well if we uh if you enjoy our podcast if you could help us out leave a review on spotify apple it goes a long way for us we'd really appreciate that we're also in talks with potential sponsors of the podcast and hoping to have some amazing uh, partnerships as we move forward but the last thing that we have on here is an interview with i would call her very multi-talented um i would call her very personable um she has been around media, you know, especially over the last year, year or two. And that's Emma Carpenter. She's a women's golfer for the um, University of Minnesota women's golf team. She was all over everywhere in the 3M. If you've been on social media or followed anything like that, she's got even a hidden talent that we had her do at the very end that we'll save that for a little uh, surprise, but fun, fun interview. You could tell from her personality that she definitely has been used to being on the camera and and uh and she also has her own podcast stuff that she's been doing as well so anything that you guys t any takeaways from the emma she's interview she's coming yeah great it was a great interview she's coming off a t-second finish at the state open which was won by shout out to our episode 17 guest betsy kelly won it went back to back at the state open again yeah For sure. great emma great interview all right well enjoy the interview and uh yeah, well, fellas, I guess it's another week of good luck out in Arizona. Get some content rolling. We'll yep, be checking, yeah, uh, checking, uh, Make yeah, sure checking the Instagram. and Yeah, Timmy and I at uh, Tim Corlett and Short Side of Golf will be doing all kinds of crap, I'm sure. I don't know. And I'm I'm going to be grinding at LeSueur Country Club on Wednesday. Oh, so. yeah, you got your uh, you got State 4-Ball. We got the State 4-Ball, so it'll be oh, fun. Get it. So. Wednesday for sure, then you maybe get to Thursday. Is that how that works? That's the goal. We'll see. Another albatross, huh? Yeah, yeah, well, that would be nice. That would, that would help the partner out a lot, I think. I <laughs> think you need this. The thing is, your scorecard at Lasur from our match is the perfect scorecard for that for this event. Because as long as your partner's making a few pars on those other holes, you had a bunch of birdies and albatross and stuff. That's perfect. But, well, yeah, you know, I'd love to just repeat that, but doesn't doesn't work that way. You <laughs> actually execute and do it do it again. So it'd be fun. All right.
We are here with a very multi-talented Emma Carpenter, who is probably most known around these parts as a golfer for the University of Minnesota women's golf team, but as we'll discuss, has a lot of other things going for her as well. Emma, welcome to the Break 80 podcast. How are you doing this evening? Jeff, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on today. We are also joined by Mike and Tim. Gentlemen, how are you? Doing well, doing well. Good, doing well. Well, I was going to bring this up because it's, you know, something that we've talked about as a group. Uh, we met Emma at the 3M, and one of the things that we talked about is these two guys thought that they could beat Emma and I in a match. And the last time I played these two in a match with another person, we won five and four. So they're actually very um, defeated at this moment. Uh, Mike's this game right now it. was my game is in complete shambles. Like <laughs> it went from, my game went from top notch a week ago, pretty good all summer to really concerned about this next week in Arizona and Nebraska and everything. Cause it is a shit show right now. Uh Oh, but Tim and I, Tim and I don't duck from anybody. So anytime, anytime, any place we're good to go. So what we, I'm we don't, we don't duck from a challenge. <laughs> you're already making excuses heading into our match. Or that your game was good and now it's falling apart. Oh, it'll get it. Don't worry, Emma. I think uh, <laughs> tomorrow I have decided that I will do something I haven't done all summer long, and that's go practice. We're gonna go to the range. <laughs> we're gonna hit some balls today. Tomorrow's a practice day. We're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna work work through these the issues we got. There are lots of them. They're numerous. Proud of you. Yep. That's very counter counterintuitive from our talk uh, last week on how to get better. Uh, this is the <laughs> first time I will go practice in at least two years. It has not. I didn't go at all last summer either. We'll, we'll save the therapy session for later. This is about Emma. Here we go. Um, so Emma, you're currently a, a COVID junior on the women's golf team. So give us a little inside look at the day in the life of a college athlete, specifically kind of a you know a golfer um, on the women's golf team. Sure. You, you, like a day in a lot. Yeah, give life. me like something, you know, in, in the season or maybe obviously during the season would be, would be probably better just because that gives us a little bit of insight on what you do. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as you know, the life of a, the life of a college student athlete is notoriously very busy. So, um, and I mean, I'm not trying to say that it, I'll say it. I think that golf is like a bigger time commitment than like a lot of other sports might be to just, um, based on how long you know it takes to, to play um and like a practice session is never just like the, the allotted time um that the NCAA gives us just not because our coaches mandate it but because you know if you want to get better at golf you can't just practice those those minimum amount of hours so basically I would say a day in the life is that um say we're waking up on like another like a Tuesday uh pretty much me and all my teammates uh, we used to have early morning workouts not anymore um since we got our new coach but so we do so we'll have class typically from around 8 to 12 30 um every day monday i have class monday through thursday so uh 8 to 12 30 and then we do afternoon workouts usually from 1 to 2 30 and then we'll have practice from three to five which usually um Oh, so yeah, we'll grab lunch, I guess, before workouts and then uh, practice usually after workouts from like three to five, but then you'll, we'll usually stay till uh, six or seven for sure. And then, um, and then we'll get dinner and come back and home, maybe have tutoring and do homework and go to sleep and then do it all over again. But say maybe on the days where we play golf instead of practicing, we might not have workouts that day. And then instead after practice, we'll we'll drive straight to the golf course and then um, play around a golf, which will usually take, you know, four hours and then drive her 30 minutes back and it's already going to be dinner time and then um, homework in bed. 
So that is, that is the day in the life uh, every single day, just on the weekday when we're not traveling, getting ready for tournaments. So definitely busy um, the entire day. Sounds like Thursday nights are go out night then, right? <laughs> not when you got practice early, <laughs> early morning on Friday. The, uh, the golfers in the eighties and nineties went out every night, Jeff, but um, <laughs> I got a question for you. Emma. This might've changed in the, Holy crap. It's been over 20 years since I played college sports. Is there a, you, know, you obviously have your team practice. Is there an individual certain amount of time you get with a coach every week or something like there used to be back in the day? Yeah. 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 Well, so the NCAA rules are always kind of changing. And so we're technically, we're not allowed to um, like the coaches aren't allowed to ask us to work with us individually outside of like our allotted time so like we get a certain amount of hours um it's like 20 hours per week that they can mandate and then other than that not at all so but I technically I'm allowed to be like hey coach um will you meet me whatever tomorrow after practice and work with me and that's like totally fine we can work extra hours but it has to like come from me or they can come up to me during practice and say what's up like let's work on this specific thing gotcha so, so quickly, quickly, Jeff, before we move on, the practice facility, the indoor practice facility, how sweet is that? I, you already know all about it, Mike. Well, <laughs> a little, little bit. I've never actually been inside, though. Oh, you haven't? Okay. No, I yeah, know so what it is. I've seen a bunch about it. The facility, um, it opened in January of 2019. So it was the spring or technically winter before I got there. Um, and it was honestly definitely a factor when I was getting recruited they showed me like the virtual tour of what it would look like um you know before the indoor facility that they got up here it was like driving to Braemar Golf Dome like things like that so having this like this new indoor facility with the six heated bays indoor chipping putting green like I mean complete game changer complete game changer totally I mean great for recruiting one of the best in the country for sure so um I would say I mean definitely spent a ton of time in there but uh, I mean, it's awesome for sure. Let's talk N- NIL. How has that changed the game? And do you have any current NIL deals? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. NIL is also kind of a topic that I have talked about on a lot of my podcasts as well. Um, so NIL really like <laughs> kind of worked out like a dream for me timing wise, like could not have worked out better really. Uh, so it was, it was last summer that it started and, um, immediately I kind of didn't really know like what I was doing, uh, what it meant, what kind of money I could be making, what kind of deals I should be taking on X, Y, Z. So I kind of like wanted to be a little cautious about it at first, um, just because it was so unknown to everybody, but, you know, when I first, this opportunity with five clubs and, and the podcast that I'm doing right now with um, Gary Williams and Jay Billis and Gil Hans, um, that, you know, I could talk more about, but that opportunity came to me that December. So, I mean, around not, maybe not even six months after, and I talked to the university about it because we have to clear all our NIL deals with the university. And I asked them if that, that would be considered an NIL deal. And they said, yes. So technically, if I like, that's why I have to do it all separate. Like I can't have, I can't affiliate it with the university in any way. I can't even do it. I was going to try to do it at my facility, but it didn't work out. But um, for that reason, 
But I mean, to think that like, if that NIL rule had not changed six months prior to like this opportunity coming to me, um, I could not even do the podcast right now and like would not have, you know, grown into, into everything else that I've got going on now. But as far as other uh, sponsorships go at the moment, so this, this, you know, this podcast that I'm doing right now, five clubs technically counts as an NIL deal. And then uh, I've also got, I've got a sponsorship partnership with uh, Peter Millar, uh, also golf pride grips. And, um, and I recently just uh, also signed a contract with second swing. Um, So I have so far shot some stuff with them that has not released yet, but um, I have enjoyed working with them so far. They're a, you know, Minnesota based company. So, um, and I've, (laughs) I mean, since, since moving up here, I've done a lot of business with, uh, with second swing and getting new clubs and stuff. So, um, so yeah, excited about that too. I think the All Gopher right. guys, like the Gopher guys too, right? They're University of Minnesota alums, I think maybe. Yeah. Well, I mean the, the, the so the guy who originally started the entire thing, like started it in his dorm room at the U, yeah. um, it was like, he was like, putting clubs together, used clubs and selling them like out of his dorm room. And then it just like eventually grew into this, you know, what's still growing to be pretty big. They would just open that massive store down in uh, Arizona. So pretty cool stuff. So uh, promo code coming soon to the podcast. Um, <laughs> not necessarily a promo code. Uh, <laughs> the NIL stuff that I, uh, that I like to take on again, like I don't like to take on a ton of deals as far as just like, I'm not really trying to go for like a social media, um, via social media. I'm trying to do it more, um, for like for golf pride, you know, I was, I was a part of multiple events and like filming and like promotional stuff, like with second swing. Um, I'll post some of like the promotional content that I'm shooting with them. It's not necessarily like, uh, just a typical, like, post a picture in it um like Millar um the deal that I've got going with them they don't actually don't require me to uh to to post about it I kind of do do that on my own just kind of part of what what we've got going on but I'm not I'm not doing like paper post kind of situation with any of my uh with any of my my deals second one's gonna uh, be her ripping an apple off somebody's head like the old commercial oh yeah I hope so so (laughs) I'm on I'm on emmakcarpenter.com uh, and for the are. listeners out there, uh, <laughs> first off, wondering what the K stands for. That's my middle name. It's Christina. I'm, I'm a carpenter, okay. unfortunately, is not not the most unique <laughs> name. So, well, I mean, not, you've got I'm the just... domain name. So it, there's a unique website out there for the listeners that want to go on. Um, and wondering with your background, with your uh, your major, it looks like some of the video production here is that your your own video production and are you responsible for any of the, the video production moving forward with the sponsorships that you have or with five five clubs podcast yeah yeah great question so um for so for what i'm doing right now everything that i'm kind of trying to pursue is uh has to do with a dream of mine to, to go into sports casting. So right now I'm studying broadcast journalism with with a minor in sport management. Um, and you know, starting out as a broadcaster, it is extremely common to, um, to, you know, start out doing all your own film, all your own video production. Like a a lot of sportscasters will go and actually like film their own video 
and then broadcast it themselves for for their reels but uh so basically a lot of the the classes that I've chosen to take have been like comm studies and journalism and video production so I took a I took a class this fall that was um it was a media production and storytelling class and basically we we get we rent equipment all video equipment audio equipment from from the university and film our own uh like video feature stories um like say that would be for a new new story or things like that so um it's kind of cool it was it was a lot of my first time doing some of it but I like loved it loved doing it um you know I thought I wanted to be on the other side of the camera which I, I still do but um, it's, I mean, it's good to know, first of all, but so I ended up the university, my, my final project that I ended up doing the university, um, the university paid to enter it into the, the student Emmy awards. And I ended up winning a student Emmy for, uh, for my film that I did. So. Whoa. <laughs> wow. So, so we met you out of the three and we're going to talk about that week. Cause that was a crazy week. I'm sure for you, but before we get to that, do you have anybody in, in broadcast journalism that you look up to like somebody like, Oh, I want to be like her or him or whatever it might be. Like, do you have like a idol of some of sorts? Sure. I mean, I got to say Amanda Balionis Renner for sure. Yeah. Um, and you know, Chantel McCabe too. Um, yeah, met yeah. them both at the three M open. Actually, I posted, posted something the other day on my, my Instagram story about me. Um, commentating the women's soccer game and Amanda Balionis slid up with like a clapping emoji and I was like no oh, nice. way <laughs> awesome I was like thank you so much Amanda <laughs> for the emoji just made my day it looks like uh, based on your broadcast history too not just golf but a multitude of sports I'm, I'm looking at uh, a couple different videos from the sidelines of um, some stands that you're announcing at Mm -hmm. Wondering if there is a, a specific sport or a favorite matchup that you had, if it's softball, baseball, basketball, golf, if it's, you know, Nicholas versus Palmer, if it's Tiger versus Els, if it's Jeff versus Tim, what is your favorite thing to, to cover in sports, <laughs> the biggest matchup that you have? <laughs> like one that I've done or like a dream? I, both either. Okay. So yeah, so that also that you kind of just brought up the the opportunities that I've gotten to do a little bit of sideline reporting for Big Ten Plus. That's came um actually under same that I did with soccer the other day. Um, under I've got a job with our Gopher Digital Productions, and I just started that at the beginning of last fall. So again, good to get behind the scenes. So all last fall for the whole semester, I worked in the control room. Uh, I worked doing doing replay for basketball and and volleyball and, and hockey. I worked um, just working graphics that are going up on the on the jumbotron. I've done camera utilities, like all kinds of stuff. Just you know, it's good to get behind the scenes. And then it was just this past spring uh, semester that I first started doing sideline reporting. So the only sideline reporting, and I've done color commentary and play by play commentary. So that I've actually done officially for like Big Ten Plus has only been baseball and softball because those were the, the spring sports that were going on. Um, this fall, hopefully I'll get the chance to do some basketball and volleyball as well. And I'm going to do some soccer. Um, but so, I mean, I guess I, I would say that my favorite thing that I've done thus far, since I've only done reporting for those two sports would, I mean, I had a really good time at the very, very first game I ever did. I had no idea what to expect. It was a softball game versus Illinois and they just, I mean, our softball team just went off like they, they called the mercy rule. Um, so 
it was like, it was super fun because I had no idea what I was doing, but I was also kind of pumped up that our team was playing so well. So I was super like into the game and just kind of, they just kind of let me go. They're like, all right, I'm yep, you're going to talk for like a minute and a minute and a half. And we're going to just go to you like in between this inning and in, in between the, the third inning and middle of the fifth inning and like, go ahead. I was just like, what's up guys? What's up football <laughs> fans? Like, how about this play and this play? Just like throwing out stuff that I remembered. And then like, uh, I like, it was super fun. So, I mean, the well, 3M open stuff was. Yeah, I'll get to 3M. What was your home run call like? Somebody hit a bomb and it's like back, you know, do you have like a sig, like a signature home run call or what? Like, like I Vince, Sc- Vince Gully, just Vince Gully, <laughs> RIP. <laughs> well, Jeff, the thing is too, like, the first, the first thing I did too was, I mean, baseball, like color commentary and like, just don't just, I just don't follow baseball, but I mean, I was going to be willing to do anything. Right. I was yeah, going to have sure. opportunity. So I'm like talking to my dad's buddy on the phone for like an hour. He like played college baseball. <laughs> what a good guy. He's like talking me through it. But so I felt, I mean, I didn't know what I was doing, but I guess if the home run, if there was a home run, I'd be, do a basic like, and that one is gone. Nice. <laughs> That'll be a home run for the for the Gophers, whatever it is. Yeah, she almost said Illinois or home state. I was gonna say Illinois because that was the game we were that I, we were talking about before. But I'm ex- well, I'm excited that somebody else in this pod has a sports management degree. This episode, that's a great thing. It's a great thing. You do it too, Mike. Yeah, I got sports oh, management. Geez. I got a, I have a sports management. I have so many degrees. We could spend a whole episode talking about the different degrees. Yeah, sports management major is one of them. Anyway, I'm the we'll best. Well, I will say, Emma, like you have a really impressive, you know, resume for being a COVID junior. Um, and one of the things that you added to it was working out at the 3M. We met you out there. You had to have quite the the week. Um, tell us a little bit about it and perhaps some of your highlights that you had um, besides obviously meeting us. Yeah. I mean, you meeting you guys is obviously the, uh, was the pinnacle of the whole week. But um, I would say gosh it, it was funny I was telling the tournament director at the end of the week like each day that happened I was like wow what an amazing day there's no way that tomorrow could be better and then it like would be <laughs> so I mean I would just mostly say like just the, the people that I got to meet um was just so cool I got to spend the very first day I, I spent time with Annika Sornstam helping her with her clinic and that was just like surreal I didn't even know like what was happening uh, she just, she walked up to me so nonchalantly and it's just like, Hey, Emma, do you want to hit some balls with me? And I was like, I, I would be honored. <laughs> I'm like, I don't have any golf clubs. And she's like, Oh, it's fine. You can just use mine. <laughs> I was just saying, blacking I'm, out over the ball. Oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> I'm swinging the driver 40 miles an hour. Just like <laughs> it, but it was so, so much fun. And then, uh, you know, got to, the got to to shoot with Jason day and Jason day is just the man, like the coolest guy ever. And it was so fun. And it's so cool to watch all that stuff back. Did fan interviews, did celebrity interviews during the, uh, during the um, compass challenge. Um, So that was super fun. And um, you know, got to walk, got to walk along with you guys in the pro-am and kind of hang out, shoot some content, did a walking clinic with uh, DA points and, Uh, Jonas Blix where I just kind of like guided conversation Um, so yeah just like each day was super packed super busy but I loved every second of it well I'll say this the 3M 
you know, they, they do a good job of picking people that, you know, are going to get things out there. And, and I don't know, you seem like a natural. I mean, when you, when you did all the social media stuff, you were, you know, you're, you had your hand in a lot of baskets and it seemed like you kind of, not only your personality fits what you're trying to do, but, um, people seem to enjoy it. So commend, you know, commend you for, for a week that was, would seem to be pretty crazy for you. Did you knocked it out of the park? So good job on that. Gosh, thank you so much. That is, that's very, very nice of you to say, to say that I was like nervous for a lot of it is an understatement for sure. So. <laughs> but but what, like, uh, what, what, uh, like, you know, you say like Amanda Bilionis and those, like, what a thing to start at, you know what I mean? Like you kind of, you were behind the ropes, you talked to, to athletes, you kind of, you know, professional ones that have won majors, Jason Day, like it, like you are kind of seeing what that is going to feel like, look like as, is that something that you eventually want to be doing? Yeah. I mean, I think I would say yes, for sure. Uh, to short answer your question, yeah. um, just what I've done and just kind of all, all of it rolling off of all the guests that I've had on my podcast as well. Um, just I, the reason why I initially decided that I wanted to pursue this career path is because um, I've got a big, big background in um, sports. Obviously I'm an athlete myself. I love, I've always loved sports. And then also I've got a, got a big background in like in singing and in performance. I was in theater. I just, I loved being up on stage. I loved being in front of a camera. So um, I'm just a huge people person as well. Like I love talking to people. There's literally nothing else that I like, that I like better to do than just chatting away with people. So I figured that the way that all of those just kind of went together, um, that's what I wanted to do. And then it was just kind of like a dream and a study, but then over the last 10 months, um, I can't have done way more than I ever imagined that I would. So it's been a blast and it's been an honor really. And connections matter. You're, you got, you got a ton of them now in sports world for when you're whenever you get down to school here. Yeah, I've got plenty. I've got plenty. I've got, I mean, I feel so lucky to have known the people that I know and work with the people that I've worked with so far. I'm, I'm truly blessed. So, uh, Turn it, turn it back on golf because we've hit so many highlights and, and I wouldn't necessarily say you're off the golf course career, but a, a little bit of the off the golf course career. I'm looking here in an article from your resorters <laughs> and it, it looks like one heck of a, a hole number five and holding out for Eagle. Sure, um, yeah. Obviously a big win there, obviously a huge shot and probably a momentum changer. But sure. any other big shots in your career that come to come to light or come to memory over the years? Yeah. Ooh, big shot in my career. Because Jeff just had, had his big hole out that we covered last last week. So I got a, I got an albatross on Tim and Mike last week. You you made an albatross? Yeah. So that 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 kind of took the wind out of their sails. <laughs> So this goes with Emma with your big shots. Also, you just played in the state open too. So like kind of go off that as well. Like you're and where your golf game currently is. So the big shots you've hit and talk a little bit about the state open, which you just played and it took second tied for low am, I believe. Mm-hmm. Let's just kind of talk about your current game with what Tim just asked. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a really good question. Um, you know, if I could say like, one of my favorite shots that like comes to mind um, would be uh, I got off to a good start last fall in terms of 
I mean, making Eagles in tournaments. I made like a couple in my, it was like, I made two in the first one and then I made one in the second one. And like, it was just like, oh, cool. Like, I mean, that was like the only stat that was really going for me, but I made the, I made this two on a par four that I hit driver. I, a dry, it was like a, I don't know, 280 par four or something. And then I hit driver. Um, It's like super tight to like seven feet and then rolled it in. And then, so I had started like, I like three putted the first hole and that went like birdie eagle birdie or something. And it was just, it was in Vail, Colorado. And it was like super, super fun. Um, I mean, as far as shots go under pressure, definitely it's, it's um, very nice of you to, to bring up the, the state open. And uh, it was super, super fun week here. Just, it was just a few days ago, Rush Creek, super cool place. Um, I, I finished birdie birdie in the final round to tie for low am. So I would definitely say as far as, you know, under, under pressure goes um, for big shots, I guess you could say that one definitely um, feels good. Uh, the state open was a super great week and, you know, the, it was getting a little dicey there towards the end of my final round. I had made a couple mistakes. I was, I was cruising there and then made a couple mistakes and, uh, then you know needed a good finish to to tie for low am so felt good to close that out solid pro shop merch i bet for that too yeah everything was kind of picked over though i was pretty uh, bummed no peter Millar, <laughs> no peter Millar left damn <laughs> i know right can you believe it i got one shirt and then i got i got stuff for i guess something for my caddy and then like stuff for my parents so how full is your closet <laughs> um as far as golf clothes goes very i've got i've got a full like two dressers and my closet where i keep all my golf clothes and then i've got all my hats hanging up over here too and i mean the golf clothes definitely takes over the wardrobe so, so we're looking for we're looking for uh, the five club to start picking up some bills for for that second bedroom to <laughs> to put a clothing rack in <laughs> yeah i don't know about that but <laughs> so just talking a little bit more about your game what are your goals this year for for actual the golf aspect do you have some goals i know the big 10 is going to be you know soon bringing in the ucla and usc and things like that like it, it's going to be competitive and the big 10 is only going to get stronger what are some goals you've got yeah yeah unfortunately um UCLA and USC won't be joining I think until 2024 so that'll be the mm, year that sure. I'm done um but that's a huge thing for the Big Ten a golf I mean those two schools have always been golf schools so I mean what a change that makes to the Big Ten um I would say as far as goals go this year um you know the I think this past spring season might have been one of my uh it, it was my best season scoring wise uh, I got off to a, a really good start the first few events and then unfortunately did not finish the way I wanted to. So, I mean, the goal is always, I, I'm, I haven't even necessarily been close to you guys, but always going to be a goal to, to win a college event. Um, you know, I'm, I know that I can, I know that my game's good enough. It's just going to be about putting it together. I have yet to also, you know, play, play a solid big 10 championship, um, unfortunately I had, I, like I said, I had a great season going and then just really struggled at the big 10 championship. So that was a, that was a bummer to say the least, but um, I have had some, had some good rounds, had some good finishes this summer. And uh, I really do feel like my game's just only gotten better and better and better over the years. And uh, this year coming in as, as a senior, I feel like I'm in a place where I want the team to really be counting on me each and every round to, um, 
not only contribute, but really be a leader on the golf course as well. Um, just always counts and always, always putting up low scores, best scores I can for my team. Royal club coming up, right? Pretty soon here. Starting the year. Oh, heck yeah. That's uh, after the last event of the summer finishes. That is, that is the, the only thing on all of our minds. So that one, we start practice September 1st and then the Annika intercollegiate is, I believe the 11, 12, 13. Looks like a, looks like a great field. I was looking at that the other day. There's some good teams coming. It's so it's, it's the best event besides like nationals. It is the best event in college golf. It's the top. Um, what is it? 14. I should know this top 14 or 12 teams in the nation. And then us, because we host it. (laughs) So, I mean, and, and Annika, Annika is there and she comes and presents the Annika award, which is given to the, the college golfer from the previous season that, um, you know, was the best college golfer. So, um, it's, it's a really, really big deal. And it's, just such a good opportunity to play with those teams. Like being quite honest, if our team beats one team, that's a very, it's a, it's a big success because we would have been beaten a team. That's like a top 10 program. So. Well, nice. if nothing else, you can just blame it on the course. Like Mike. Blame the course, yeah. <laughs> um, and my back. Royal, Royal Club. <laughs> so, well, the sewer started it, but Royal club was not a good last week. We're just, just going to forget last week. Move on. Um, Royal Club is great. You don't you don't play good out there, Mike? Uh, normally I do. Yeah, I love it because you get to finish par five, par fives. Oh so yeah. You can, finish, you can finish like birdie birdie, you know. But I was hitting it terrible, just terrible. Oh well, that yeah, that's never good. That's okay. By, by, by the time by the time we have our little match here, us four, I'll be ready. Don't worry. <laughs> be ready for the, the match. Will be, the, the only thing is the match will be over before you get the chance to finish birdie birdie. Yeah, that's oh right. no. No, I mean, maybe Tim and I will have a lot of swishers and cigarettes ready to roll. So, <laughs> gotta get the back and shit. Yeah, the, now the back's good. I'm fine. We're good to go. Um, well, we only have a couple of minutes left with them. I was going to just say, um, you know, before we leave with you, there's one you wear many hats. You actually actually alluded to this before that you wear, but um, one thing we haven't talked too much about is your passion for music and singing. So, one thing I want to I want to ch- uh, check out is the fact that when I one of my things I'm known for is like if I miss a short putt, I have a hard time like letting it go to the next shot or the next tee. So in your best like voice, can you give me just like a five second to ten second rendition of "Let It Go"? All right, I can I can try that for you, Jeff. Here. I don't know what octave is in. I don't know anything about that other than I've seen the movie because I have two daughters. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be a made up key here. Okay, perfect. Um. Okay. Uh, let it go, let it go. Can't hold it back anymore. Let it go, let it go. Turn away and slam the door. I don't care what they're going to say. Let the storm rage on. You can make wow. the next putt, Jeff. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Honestly, there's two things there. First of all, it's amazing. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Second of all, I cannot believe you knew all the lyrics. Actually, three things. And then the third thing is, I'm just going to be thinking about that when I miss a putt, and it's just going to, like, I'll just gingerly walk back to the tee box. Yeah. I'll just you have be, two. Yeah. You have two daughters. I know all the lyrics. I know all the lyrics. I have one daughter. How can you not know every word? I, 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 I've been able to recite that song for five, six, seven, whatever long it's been now. 
<laughs> I, I know none of the lyrics, so thank you. I learned a lot. <laughs> I like to I like to sing a lot for like my coach has little kids. Um, I'm a huge Disney fan anyway, but I like to sing for them a lot too. That's that's one of the go tos. <laughs> that was amazing. So thanks for doing. That. I know that's not well. Apparently, you like to perform, so that was seemed pretty easy for you. But we only have like a minute left, so I was just gonna say, make sure that um, you know follow her on her socials. She's got a, a website, Emma K Carpenter with the K in there. dot com. Um, anything else, uh, you know, shout outs that you want to point out, Emma? Um, gosh, I mean, there's too, too many to count. So I'll just, okay. I'll just say thank you guys so much for having me on today. It's, it was such a blast meeting you guys and, uh, it was fun chatting today and I'm excited to, to tee it up soon. Yes. Yeah. Get that yeah. So, and Tim a shout out to, uh, shout out to Peter Millar. We are available as well. <laughs> uh, yeah. Make your smalls slightly slimmer cut. I'll, I'll put in a good word for you guys. All right. Yep. Uh, best of luck on the year. And if you play us too, because that's going to be a, a hurting. Oh yeah. I'll, I'll need a lot of luck for that one too. Huh? All right. All right. Thanks Emma. We yep. appreciate Thanks, it. Guys. Maybe today's the day I break 80. Want the ball to draw, but it keeps on fading. No OB and no bogeys. I got to keep it on the 80. It's the gold. Would you hit it on one? Straight up the gut, baby. Now I got a wedge on my short game cravings. Little bit of edge on the sport makes gravy. So punch out the rough and tune to break 80. Break 80. Break 80. Break 80. Break 80. Break 80.